This is the Hellion, and you are listening to Maximum Threshold on the Net, where Dom just sacrificed a live goat in the name of METAL! Hey, this is Rex Brown for Kill Devil Hill, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio. Turn it the fuck up. Automatic defense procedures initiated. What we've got here is... Maximum voltage. Maximum power. Maximum carnage. This is Maximum Threshold. Call the show at... 440-709-4977. Maximum Threshold. And here's your hosts, Dom. And that's actually quite smart. He just makes errors of judgment along the way.
There you go. Where the hell is that called? That was weird. No clue where the hell that came from. Ah, thanks for tuning in this week's edition of the Maximum Threshold Radio Show. Uh, this, we're not going to make this a real long one. I just got a couple interviews. I had to get them out there to you guys. Like We just got them listening to Alien Weaponry. I met up with them last night along with Sin from Ministry. <clears throat> so I got these two interviews. I'm going to knock them out, get them on here, and we're going to get the shit out of here and go back and watch the Ohio State game. They're whipping at some ass tonight. So I'm hoping everything works out great for us tonight. Uh, I just had we just had a rolling blackout here in the neck of the woods over here and the whole black went black and it wasn't a good thing. So if this doesn't work, you ain't gonna know it anyways. But if you're listening to us live, you'd know it because we'd be broadcasting all of a sudden you wouldn't hear nothing at all. So uh, let's let's see. I got any news for you? I ain't got no news for you. George Bush Sr. died. Um, that's about it. I ain't got nothing else. Mm, nope, that's it. So next week we'll come back. We got, um, I think, part three of our top five metal picks of all time. I got to look and see who's up next. We're just burning through everybody's. I think we did uh, Michael's, part of mine, and some of Jeff's. And some of Curtis. Yeah, we knocked out a, a bunch of songs, man. It was a pretty good show. I got a lot of cool feedback. Remember, if you got any feedback for the show, you could always send it over to us at mtrshow at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to do it. Just mtrshow at gmail.com. Hit us up there or on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at, on, on Twitter, we're Max Threshold. M-A-X, then Threshold, Max Threshold. Hit us up there. We got like 14,000 followers or something like that. Just come on in there and just hang out with us and tell us what's up, what you like, what you don't like, and work from there. Okay, well, let me knock out some of these quick little commercials. We're going to come back, and we're just going to jump right into the interview with Alien Weaponry. And then after that, we're going to play a song by them, and then we're going to come back, bullshit for a minute, go right back in the interview with Sin. Kieran from Ministry, then we're getting out of here. Sound like a plan? I thought so. Okay, see you in a bit, sweet tits. The Thresh with Dominic. Call into the show. West Coast callers call 213-973-7237. Once again, 213-973-7237. East Coast callers 440 440- 709-4977 Once again, 440-709-4977 Yo, this is Ace Fairley and you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio. I just came from outer space. Listening to the show is like waking up the next morning and finding a big fat chick next to you. Wait, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Impact Oh, well, who wants to live forever? 
miss the live show, go to stitcherradio.com and search Maximum Threshold and listen in today. That's Maximum Threshold and Stitcher Radio, a match made in heaven. Have a smartphone, iPod, iPad, or even Roku? Grab the app, tune in, and search Maximum Threshold and hear the show live directly from your device. Threshold Radio. This is Dominic of Maximum Threshold Radio, and I have before me Henry, Ethan, Lewis. What's going on, man? Uh, not much, really. We just finished the set, and yeah, yeah, just chilling out in the group room. Having a bit of a break. We've um, just met, you know, heaps of cool fans at the merch table. That was awesome. So, um, yeah, we're just, you know, getting what rest we can. One of the things I liked about your band, you know, I was looking forward to this, and just seeing how much you guys, the response you're getting from the media and from the public in the States here is taking off. How does it make you guys feel? Um, it's awesome, you know, the attention that we've been getting. You know, we got played on NPR not too long ago, and um, we, we were stoked when we found out that news I'm also being pushed by SiriusXM, um, Jose on Liquid Metal, you know, that's really helped us out, but, you know, I feel like at this point in time we couldn't be happier. Did you guys get to go out there and hang with him? Yeah, no, nah, he invited us, we actually we actually flew into LA, and he invited us to his studio, and we had an interview, and we hung out, and um, he, like, gave us clothes, and, you know, we yeah, showed us around, man, it was really cool. What were some of the highlights of that? Oh, he had a like a gym, like a f- full gym with an octagon inside his like studio, and um, I mean he had heaps of signed guitars. Um, just it was it was a really cool place, man. Um, yeah, Spectre Rex, which is you know Rex from uh, Pantera's signature bass, and oh, yeah. signed signed Rex Brown. I'm not sure if it was signed by the whole band or just Rex. Oh, but oh, 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 you, it was Rex's bass, like it was yeah, his yeah. bass. It was, it was his bass, and it was signed. It was, was it the white one? No, it was um the the Halo Flash. Oh yeah, Rex. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, Lewis, come sit over here, man. Yeah, I'll go sit over there. So how many? How many? Did, was did you get Jose, was Jose drunk when you guys were with him? Uh, no, no, he was he was like real cool. Like he might have been like a little, you know. Having a bit of tequila here and there, but like that was one of the first questions he asked us was, "Do you guys smoke weed? Do you guys drink <laughs> tequila?" And it was like, "We're kind of sixteen and eighteen, but hey." <laughs> How many times you do his death metal voice to you guys? Oh, plenty of times. <laughs> so yeah, many times. He's really good at it. He's, he's, he's great. Man. He's good. Yeah. He's a real cool character, though, man. Like it's always good when you know someone's enthusiastic and out there rather than like. Not, I guess. Introvert. Yeah. yeah. If you are, I'm, 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 I'm not saying it's bad to be an introvert. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I'm an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes getting interviewed by someone who's like way more extroverted than you can either be like really good, which in Jose's case it was like he got our energy up, like oh, yeah. we were like super amped to be there, and like it was really exciting. It was awesome meeting him. But sometimes it can be a bit much if you're introverted, like. 
what are some of the highlights that you've had on this tour so far? Um, oh, where was the playing the, Gallop? Yeah, well, well, yeah, playing Gallop um, with six other First Nation um, metal bands, and uh, that was actually our only headline tour. Geek. Well, we're over here, so um, that was great. We um, managed to pack out the venue. I think it was 400 people. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and you know, the, it's the loudest crowd we've had on this tour so far. I mean, we played in front of like a crowd of 3,500 in Denver. Nice. And um, Gallup was louder. You know, they were, they were absolutely mental. So it was awesome, you know. How did it make you feel, you know, right, right at the, when you're doing your last song, looking out at that crowd, thinking, man, it's almost over? At Gallup? Yeah. Oh, man. It's like. That was one of the shows that we've been looking forward to right from the, like, when we first heard about this tour possibly happening, and, you know, um, you know, it was really great to um, finally have it done, but, you know, I'm sure we want to go back there. And, yeah, um, definitely. Definitely, if we're ever coming back to the U.S., I think um, Gallup, New Mexico can be expecting a visit from Alien Weaponry. Got you got to jump in some of those bands that are out of those areas. That's a nice draw. Definitely. Like, you know, it, it was crazy to see how many heads are out that way even though it's like a, it's gallops a pretty small town yeah. but you know we had people that had driven like 13 hours to come and see us which oh was that's crazy. nice yeah. how does it make you feel thinking you know you're way on the other side of the world and you got all these people that are coming out to see you it, it's mind-blowing to be honest it's yeah it, we could not be happier with it and i think you know if things were to just stop here i think i'd, I'd be really really happy with what we've done up to this point but I think we want to keep not going. that we want to stop <laughs> yeah we definitely want to keep going and keep you know making new more material for people and you know, keep delivering what we have been delivering so far how long have you guys been together oh, we've been a band for eight years now so me and Lewis started Alien Weaponry in 2010 and Ethan joined us in 2012 yeah, so it's nearly nearly nine What's a long plan for you guys? Long plan? Long term? Other than to survive. Uh, I, what's a long plan? Isn't a long term. So, like, I mean, we're next year, short term kind of thing, we're thinking about, you know, more touring and, um, you know, eventually we want to get writing the new album. And, um, yeah, so. I think basically, it's. Ultimate long term goal is to be at the point where we can sell out a stadium or headline a festival like Vakin. Yeah. You can like, do it, man. You guys could be like the next Metallica's guys or Iron Maiden. Really, stuff. man? Like, I don't think there's any point in setting limits to what we should yeah. be able to achieve. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it going, man. You guys are young. You guys are building that following up and you got the steam going. And, man, it's, I think it's all uphill for you guys. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Like, honestly, it's... It's, it's funny you say that uphill because, I mean, up to the It's a bitch it, good it, it is, it has felt like, you know, at some points, like, pushing shit uphill. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's it's been a lot of work up to this point, and we feel like finally we're at a point where Stop we're able off. to start kind of getting, a, like, a little more cruisy. Things are getting easier. Um, you know, traveling is easier for us. Getting shows is easier. We don't have to work to try and get on bills anymore. Mm. Well, we, we we still work and we yeah. still maintain. But, you know, it's kind of it's that responsibility is 
passed on to like management and production companies and stuff, which is really cool for us because then we can focus on our music and yeah, making sure that the music side of things is top notch. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys had um, like management and working with the label? Not too long, about a not, year. Not even a year. It's it's been quite a recent thing that we've well, we. Well, I think the first thing that happened was that we signed with Dust Machine, which is our management company for Germany and everywhere in the world apart from Australasia. And um, basically, I struck up a conversation with someone at a music manager's forum, and his friend owned this management company called Dust Machine, and we got talking. And that's how the whole dust machine deal came about. And then after that, like through that, we got on Napalm, and like it was, it was quite quick. All of that happening, so it was. Things happen when things start rolling. They can roll pretty quick. Yeah. We released our album in July, and I think by then we we had already been with Napalm for like just shy of a month or something. So it was all all worked out pretty quick. Yeah. The way I see, you know, being in a media segment, uh, just your name just came out of nowhere, and then, like within months, you just just blown up. It's everywhere, and it's yeah. it's cool to see stuff like that, especially you know, like in our genre like this. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, for us, it's like it's awesome to see, you know, like Revolver magazine doing stories on us, and like all these, you know places that we look to for our inspiration for our music and they're actually focusing on us now which is really really crazy when we think about it and I mean for me to this day like often I'll just sit down I'll think and you know if I just sit there and think like I kind of just blow my own mind thinking about how far we've come which is yeah I mean it's awesome. How would it make you feel if all of a sudden the wheels all fell off your bus and you guys are just going back home and doing what you were doing before? Dude, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy that we made it this far, to be honest. Like, it's, this is, like, well beyond what I ever imagined for us. And, I mean, we definitely want to be doing this. And I think if the wheels did fall off, like, we'd go straight back to it and try and build back up. Like, I think it would take a take something pretty catastrophic for, for the wheels to fall off the yeah. first place. So I don't think that's going to happen. Any talks of festivals that you guys jumping on? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're planning things for next year. Um, you know, we're going to be doing, uh, it's already confirmed, we're doing uh, festivals in Australia. So we're doing Download Australia. Um, we're also doing festivals in Europe. Um, which we've announced on our Facebook page, and there's, there's more to still be announced, which is cool. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're touring, we're working on the new album, and we're just, yeah, so doing hoping, as much as possible. Hoping to come to America as well next year. Yeah, and possibly heading South America as well. Nice. Yeah. You guys should do really good down there. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Especially Brazil and stuff. There's quite a metal scene over there. Yeah. No. Music fall right in line here with, like, the soul fly kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Novosa and um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's I mean, yeah, we, we we actually did a tour with Novosa when we were in Europe. Okay. We actually supported them on their European tour, so we we did a few shows with them, as well as doing festivals and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. Let's hear just a couple more things, and we'll let you guys get going. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about for people who are not familiar with your music, 
Oh, what, do you, what would you say that your music style is? You guys want to talk? Moldy thrash metal. Um, there's some groove metal influences as well. Um, we really have some. Some people have called us Teddy or metal, which is kind of like a thing people have made up. So yeah, that's that's cool. Like it's, I feel like we're kind of a mix of a whole bunch of stuff. Like we we draw inspiration from you know not only metal but a lot of other genres as well. Like Lewis listens to a lot of reggae and rap, and so do I. I listen to a lot of rap and like. I like dubstep and stuff, like real heavy stuff. I listen to Yeah, Lewis Lewis listens to dubstep as well and I mean, you know, we have like old, old rock bands and like bands like Sticky Fingers who are like wouldn't know how to describe them. They're like almost a like indie slash. Not quite pop. Some yeah. of it's reggae, it's yeah, they're kind of all like They're they're, they're, they're like yeah, they're a very unique band. Um I guess Ethan's a bit He's on the like animals as leaders periphery, <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah, a like bit more stuff. complicated stuff. Most uh, <laughs> stuff that most of the drummers listen to. So. Yeah, bass player. <laughs> no, he's there's some pretty cool bassers and the yeah, yeah. stuff. I think your music has it sounds like a, it's an organic groove metal kind of thing. Deep yeah, deep groove. Uh, that's anyone. I mean, a lot of people say groove, but yeah. I feel, feel like our music's pretty groovy. Yeah, <laughs> I got that Lamb of God thing going on. Yeah, the Lamb of God and Pantera inspiration. So that's, that's, I think, where we get it from is that whole thing where, you know, it's all about the groove, it's all about the riff. And also, actually, Tom it's Larkin. Slipknot, man. Tom Larkin from She Heard, who um, uh, produced our, our album, or half of it. He, um, you know, he was really focused on Henry. And, and it's drums because he's a he's a drummer, and um, you know he would always teach the whole you know slow it down, open it up kind of thing to get the groove groove in there. Mm. So, um, yeah, give things if you suffocate things with you know fast solos and complicated drum patterns, sometimes the fire can go out, and um, opening it up allows for the people to really feel the groove you know mm-hmm. yeah. i want to say you get you guys got some of the, the cutest little amplifiers too <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the um u.s touring amplifiers at home i got big boys yeah. are those are those 15 watt marshals those are 20 watt 20. marshals with um Fun, funnily enough they've got the same tubes in them <laughs> as diesel 50s but they've got half the output on yeah. the transformers so. I have, I have one of those DSL really crank them, If you really crank them, yeah, turn them all, they, all up. You, you don't even have to, like, different. I don't even have them all the way up, man. Like, they're loud enough. They're really loud, and it's like. And they're really easy to move around. Yeah, they're they way one like person it. can carry them. D- DSL hundreds are heavy, man. Like, carrying one of those, you bust your shoulder. And these are like, you can carry two at a time. Yeah, well, you can fit two into the space. I can see if you guys are playing like your own headline shows and you break out the big boys yeah. or something like that when you're yeah. just doing the small stuff in and off the stage real quick. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. At least we're not touring with like a vintage MP kit or something. Like something. Oh, dude. Yeah. So how can people get hold of your music? Uh, Spotify, iTunes, the lot. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, if you go on our Facebook page, um, you'll find yeah where we're doing our gigs and you'll find links to all our videos. Uh, we've got a website as well, so that's alienweaponry.com. 
So, I mean, we're all... You got your merch places. and everything out there for people yeah, to buy stuff? we got all our merch up there. Um, you can also get merch off Napalm's site, so... Nice. Can you, can you guys do us a quick favor? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Can you do a promo ID for our radio show? Just say your name, the band you're with, you're listening to Maximum Threshold, and throw something crazy out at the end of it and don't put no thought into it. Ooh, do I want oh, to... Don't put no thought into it. You got to roll, man. Hey, I'm Ethan Trimworth from Alien Weaponry. You're listening to... What is it? Maximum Threshold. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm Ethan Trimworth from Alien Weaponry, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. Yeah! Hey, guys, this is Henry de Jong from Alien Weaponry, and you guys are listening to Maximum Threshold. Hell yeah! Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do it. Hey, this is Lewis Young from Alien Weaponry, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. Keep it metal. Perfect. talking about the damage done by colonization. Yes, we are. But, well, okay, let me say in that case, I think most Maori have benefited enormously from colonization. Let's face it, pre-1840 Maori were cannibals, they had no written language, they had not invented the wheel. As you described, They were relatively primitive no. Stone Age society. Quite right. I know you've described it before as a Stone Age society. Is that not accurate? Can you not understand that it was a different society? Quite. That it's a society that has grown just as ours have grown and we need to live together.
Hey guys, this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News, and this is your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Rammstein guitarist Richard, he has a new album from his project Emigrant, which is now out. It's titled A Million Degrees. Ghost Tobias Ford guests on the album. He's on the track I'm Not Afraid, which you can check out now on YouTube. Till Lindemann also guests on the album as well. They released a new video for the song You Are So Beautiful on YouTube, so you can check those two out. And Capsize have released a music video for their song Blind on YouTube. They've released three new songs in the last quarter, so get ready for a big 2019 from Capsize. And At The Gates announced two new EPs. They're going to be out on January the 11th in Europe through Century Media, a limited edition 7-inch for the track The Mirror Black. That EP will feature alternate versions of the band's tracks The Mirror Black and Daggers of Black Haze. They include guest vocals from Rob Miller of Ambiex and Tau Cross. Also due out on January the 11th is a digital EP titled With the Pantheons Blind. So uh, some new stuff coming from them that'll be interesting and continuing with your maximum threshold.net rock and metal news high on fire they have announced a tour early in 2019 starting in january the tour is for their new album called electric messiah support bands have not yet been announced so you can check out the official websites for tour dates and Malevolent Creation, they released a new lyric video for their track titled Mandatory Butchery. And it's on YouTube now. This is the uh, first single off their new album called The 13th Beast, out January the 18th. And it's their uh, first new song with the new lineup. So this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News with a Z. And this has been your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Thanks for tuning in. Yo, this is Ace Fairley, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio. I just came from outer space. I'm sick and tired of feeling this way. Get you.
This is Ron Robertson, and you're listening to Dom at Maximum Threshold.
This is Jill Jan, it's a Huntress, and I gotta tell you, when I'm on the road, there's only one thing I'll pee into, and that's a funnel. It's called the Go Girl. I hope you have a minute to go check it out. This is Chris Holmes, you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio. What's up, everybody? Jason Newstead here. You are listening to Maximum Threshold. Impact your spine! Oh, well... Who wants to live forever? <laughs> you can now hear the Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, and Palm Free. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Once again, she could hear Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher.com. Now back to Maximum Threshold Radio. Hey, this is Dominic of Maximum Threshold Radio, and I have before me Sin from Ministry. How's it going, man? It's going well. Uh, we've been out for about uh, a little over a week now, I think, and um, it's been great. Been uh, The response has been amazing. People seem to be digging the older stuff, of course, that we're playing. We're playing stuff that, uh, uh, like, Rape and Honey hasn't been played in, like, over 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, it's going really well. How about these guys at Alien Weaponry? How, how's that? Really cool. They're a really cool band, uh, really young. They're from New Zealand. Um, you know, they've got a bright future ahead of them. It's their first time uh, being outside of New Zealand. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really cool playing with those guys. We like how, did, how did you guys find them? I have no idea. Um, we, I'm assuming it's management. Usually it's management, you know, talking to management and labels and that kind of stuff. And uh, we just, they just present to us, okay, this is who's on the, on, gonna be on the bill. Yeah. And uh, so we don't know how they, you know, uh, got into the mix, but uh, same thing with Carpenter Brute. We have no idea. Um, <laughs> there was another band that was originally going to open, and uh, so for whatever reason, that fell through. So yeah, we usually have no no real. So these state. bands don't like buy onto it. No, these. I mean, these were these were uh, bands that were. Uh, you know, one's a nuclear blast. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that does happen quite a bit. There's a lot of buy on bands, but uh, yeah, these are through labels and management and stuff. Yeah. So what are some of the plans that that ministry has on this little tour? Well, this should end the touring cycle for Americant. Um, you know, this will be the third, technically the third tour that we do for this album, which came out earlier this year. Um, so next year, uh, we'll be going to Europe, I believe, in June. Um, but we, the, we're going to start working on a new ministry record, is what I'm hearing, um, starting in January. So we'll probably work, be working on that most of next year. Um, and uh, then we'll see what happens after that. How much input do you have, like in this last record, piecing it together? Well, I wrote, uh, I co-wrote uh, uh, pretty much every song on the album. Um, it was more of a collaborative effort this time around with all the other guys in the band as well. Um, but I usually bring like uh, a good chunk of a song um, you know, or some kind of blueprint or foundation for it, and then it just evolves from there. Um, but I always have my hand in, in pretty much every song. 
What's the What's your favorite one off this new one? Um, I know you treat them like kids. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I really like Twilight Zone, the opening track, because that's the first one that I wrote for this album. But live, uh, we just started doing the song America, which is the last song on the record. Mm-hmm. And live, I really like playing that one. Um, just something about we've never done that one live, and it's uh, the three of us doing guitar stuff, you know, which is pretty cool. We got this whole sort of Skinner thing happening yeah. at the end, and uh, so that's been pretty cool. Any um, cool things you have on the stage? They get Trump on there last year. Well, the chickens are not yeah. here this time around. <laughs> that's the first thing have, my daughter asked. Yeah, about. yeah, no chickens this time around. But we, we, the, the light show, the visuals are amazing this time around. Completely different than we had in the past. Um, we took a lot of time uh, getting that together for this run. Um, we've never had this. Uh, this many visuals and this many things going on on mm-hmm. stage behind us so it's a pretty cool experience now um it, it really it's like if you're watching the band from the crowd i mean it really kind of takes you to a different place because it's it's very um it, it's very in tune with all of your senses like it's not just you know you're just watching a band and oh cool they have some cool images it's like yeah. a whole thing happening up there so yeah it's pretty cool any more new guitars you got um no nothing new. well I mean the last gu- what's the last guitar I got the last guitar I got was a a Fender Strat a Hendrix okay. a reissue Hendrix model um you know with the reverse headstock and that little bit and uh I think that's the last guitar I got but um I think I'm going to get a couple things this upcoming year um there might be a different variation of my signature series guitar um, I might be doing uh, one in white, a reverse, basically, of what I have. Um, and uh, whatever happens to catch my eye. Where can people get, get your signature models? At uh, Guitar Center sells them, Sam Ash sells them, um, and then also through Schecter, directly through Schecter. Uh, the Schecter website, you can order it right from there. They usually have like really good deals on them. Just a couple more things here to let you get going. Uh, where's the best place to get chocolate at? Um, Belgium is pretty happening um but i'm easy i can go to 7-eleven and get (laughs) a hershey bar and i'm happy so i'm not that picky with chocolate but the the, the chocolate in europe is a whole different level um but out here yeah i can go anywhere and just get good chocolate were you were you a crazy kid when it came to trick-or-treating uh not really um I was actually kind of pretty mellow and quiet and kind of shy um, when I was a kid. I didn't start to come out of that till way later on in life. But uh, usually I was like some KISS member for yeah. Halloween. So, yeah, I always kept it like that. If you could be any member in KISS, who would it be and why? Ace Fraley, um, one of my guitar heroes, you know. Uh, to me, his, his style and his feel is just amazing. So I wish I could play like him. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you started playing? Ten. Ten. I was just telling my daughter we were counting, so I picked up a guitar in '79 to start playing. That's when I did too. What was the reason why you started playing? Ace Frehley. Is it? Kiss the and the, the I heard them in '75 mm-hmm. was the first time I heard them, and uh, it was Kiss Alive. My older cousin brought it over, and from the first time I heard that record, I was like, that, "This is what I'm going to do." Alive was the best. That's yeah, the one got me. Absolutely. Into. I was like, "This is what I'm going to do," and then every time a solo. You know, come on! I'd be like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "Oh, that's Ace." 
and uh, and that was it. I was hooked. But I, we weren't able to get me a guitar for about three years until I was almost ten, and then uh, yeah, that was it. What was your first guitar you got? Electric. A Del Rey from the swap meet mm-hmm. which was like 20 bucks for the guitar and an amp and i still have the guitar oh wow yeah i still have it the action was like five inches yeah. off the neck and um you know it was horrendous but i still have the guitar the first one i had first acoustic i got when i was taking lessons i was taking lessons so i can get out of my house and i could put the cigarettes inside my guitar <laughs> so i could walk yeah the, the lessons and smoke on the way yeah my brother did the same thing all he did was take the pick and just drill holes in the, in the guitar well, my first guitar was, um, it was a real cheap, like, Japanese model. You get it at a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. My mother spent, like, 30 bucks for that in the amp, yeah. and she thought she spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> but I remember taking that guitar and spray painting it a bunch of different colors, neon colors, and playing a punk band. Nice. I think I broke it in this place here. Really? It's going crazy. I was probably, like, 13 or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, man, the good old days back yeah. in the 70s. Jesus, yeah. Well, it was one of the bands in the 70s that you would listen to other than Kiss? Um, that was more of a scare band. In the 70s? I mean, I grew up... Uh, or 70s, 80s. I, well, 80s. I grew up listening to a lot of my parents' music. Yeah. So I would listen to, like, The Animals, The Kinks, uh, Credence. Um, those were mainly... The Stones, The Beatles, obviously. Yeah. The, like, those were mainly the bands that I would primarily listen to. And so I knew of those bands when I was, like, four or five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of the heavier bands, what were considered heavy back then was Kiss. Oh, yeah. But I was obsessed with Kiss, dude. Like, I really didn't even, like, if my cousins listened to another band, I would get pissed because oh, yeah. it, it wasn't Kiss. So I was, like, kind of, like, in this weird Kiss zone for a while where I didn't even listen to anything else <laughs> till, like till I was, like, a teenager. And then I started listening to, uh, I mean, growing up in L.A., you know, I heard all the L.A. Mm-hmm. bands. and uh, I used to live in San Diego. Oh, right on. Yeah, well, out of San Diego... Mm-hmm. Um, Rat, which is where originally oh, yeah. they were from. I was into Rat and like uh, Warrior, Malice, uh, bands like that that were came out of the LA scene. Jay Reynolds bands. Yeah, 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 absolutely, dude. I love, dude. Malice was amazing, especially when you're 13 years oh, old yeah. and you're at the Troubadour and you're watching yeah. Malice. I was just blown away. <laughs> Did you ever get into Legs Diamond? Of course, of course. I still have all my old band magazines. And, That's uh, my first real bands. hard rock record I had. Yeah. Was one of um, Diamond is a hard rock. Yeah. I got that in um, my guitar lessons. They were giving out, we were learning songs like um, some John Denver songs. Yeah. And some horrible stuff. <laughs> and so it was like Christmas time, they're passing records out. Which one do you want for Christmas? So they had they came across this Legs Diamond record. I was looking at it. So all this looks really cool. I had a fist, a leather glove, I'm like yep. going through a piece of glass. Yep. So I want that. I took that home and I listened to it. I was like, and I got totally sucked in there. Roger Romeo, I yeah. talked to him. I was like, you were my hero growing yeah. up as a kid. Now listen, yeah, listen to that, and just listen to different styles. Sure. Where their influence was like, like a Ted Nugent kind of thing, yeah. Daryl Smith. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time back then, man. I was, uh, I, I was lucky in that I caught the tail end of that whole Hollywood scene. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I saw Motley at the Whiskey, Rat, Armored Saint, uh, Wasp. I see them all the time, dude. Um, you know, and this is right, right as they were getting signed. So yeah, I was out there in eighty from eighty six to eighty nine. No. Yeah. 46.90. Yeah, it was a good time back then, man. It was fun. The scene was killer back then. Yeah. What were some of the memories that you have, like, walking the streets, seeing, like, everybody dressed up, dressed alike? Oh, yeah, dude. It was, uh, I mean, the party was on the streets. It was, mm-hmm. like, uh, the Sunset Boulevard, uh, Friday, Saturday night. It was, you could barely walk through, you know, on the sidewalk. 
Oh, yeah. Was, uh, most of the guys were out there. Everyone dressed like, you know, they're about to go on stage. And everyone yeah. back then just handing out flyers. Like, that's what you did back then. Was, you know, this is pre-internet and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. The advertisement was, uh, you know, putting your flyers up on posts and... Uh, and then just handing out flyers uh, from the whiskey to Gazzari's. Oh, yeah. You know, that whole scene. It was cool. It was mm-hmm. cool. No. What do you think about the scene going on now these days? Um, I don't know that there is a scene going on right now, to be honest with you. Um, and if there is, I'm not aware of yeah. it. Um, I really don't go out much anymore. But I don't, I don't think that there's a scene like there used to be. I really don't know what is going on. I'm, I'm mainly at home in my studio, just writing hear, music yeah. and, and doing my thing. And um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really heard of an actual scene happening anymore. What else are you doing other than the ministry thing? Uh, I'm doing Three Headed Snake, um, which uh, we released an EP. We sold out of it. Um, it's still on uh, Bandcamp for digital download. And it looks like we might be going to Europe this summer. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I've been talking to a few uh, booking agents in Europe who are very interested in the band. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. You know, we're, we're having a blast doing it. And um, we'll do it as long as we want to do it and as long as people want us to do it. And uh, I'd love to take it live. Yeah. You know, I'd love to do it that. It definitely sounds live. like it'd be great yeah. live. And we're going to do a full-length uh, album uh, in 2019 as well. How'd you find the singer? On Craigslist <laughs> through uh, those musicians. Was it the dating site? Yeah, well, I don't know. It was like a, it was like a, the the musicians yeah. uh, classified thing. And uh, I was up late at night one one night at home. It was like 3 a.m. And um, long story short, I had these songs written originally for this other guy, my old singer from mm-hmm. when I was 18, 19. Turns out he couldn't sing anymore because he felt he had some um, medical issues, and so I was left with these songs. And I was like, "What am I going to do with them?" I knew most of the guys in LA didn't fit that bill for what I, you know, was was hoping for for this music. So I, I went to Craigslist, and I was looking at New York, I was looking at Chicago, and then uh, I was in Florida, and uh, I looked at the Florida ads, and it was this ad, you know, it's like singer looking to you know make a move, blah blah blah, with like a video link. And I was like, man, I, I'm not going to click this thing because it's going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the 30 others that I've clicked. And I clicked it, and it goes to a video of Johnny singing like a Symphony X song. Wow. And just killing it. And I was like, oh my God, like, this guy's like the real deal. So I reached out to him, and he didn't believe who I was. Not that, I, not that I'm anyone famous, but he was like, this, you are not in ministry. And I was like, yeah, dude, I really am. <laughs> So then we got on the phone and uh, and we started talking. And I said, "Listen, I'm looking to do this just for fun. It's not going to go public. It's just for my own enjoyment." Yeah. And that was the initial idea, man. And it just snowballed. Um, you know, I started putting little clips on Facebook, and people were like reacting to it real positively, and, and they were like, "Where can we get it?" And blah blah blah. So then that's what got the ball rolling to do an EP. And then when I decided that we were going to do an EP, I said, "Well, let's do a video." And so that's how that whole thing came about, man. It really just sort of took on a life of its own, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. And, uh, yeah, we're having a blast. I love seeing all the feedback. And yeah, me people too, People jumping on it. When me you too. go to do your live little videos there, yeah. it'd be all kind of people just asking yeah. about that. That's yeah, great. man. Yeah, it's been, it's been cool, man. Yeah. So. so how can people get a hold of all your music? <laughs> um, through social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And then uh, the Three-Headed Snake Bandcamp page. Um, it's pretty simple, you know. Um, 
to find me online, you know, message uh, me or the band, and we always get back to everyone. Nice. Yeah. Can you do us a quick favor? Sure. Can you do a promo ID for a radio show for Maximum Threshold Radio? Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Hey, this is Sin Kieran from Ministry and Three-Headed Snake, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio. Thanks. Got it. Yeah. Cool, man.
good people we're out here see you guys next week um yeah i want to thank the guys from alien weaponry and sin from ministry for being on the show i want to thank you very much hey and please support these guys go to their websites go check them out on on the road you run into them tell me you heard about them here on maxim threshold and just just hey man love them so i'm out here i'll see you guys next week have a good one adios amigos we love you all Just listen to Maximum Threshold Radio Show. It's live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. until whenever the fuck they shut up. So tune in. It is pointless to resist.